I couldn't have timed that more perfectly for the train to go off right when I start my intro. So why not continue with that train in the background? This is episode 101 of Psychotherapy, and I am your host, Jet Dunlap. Welcome to the hundreds. I promised in the last episode that it would get a little different. And there's a very good reason why I'm saying it will get a little different. I'm the same guy, more or less. I made some improvements. We've taken quite the journey over the last hundred episodes. But I used to say crazy things like, we're going to take it in a new direction, or this is going to be completely different, or I'm going to read you something from every single one of my journal entries, or blah, blah, blah. It was ambitious, it was naive, and you didn't like it. So we're not going to do that. So it's similar, but it's a little more enhanced. Maybe the gloves are off a little bit more. I took them off a little bit on episode 50. So you're thinking, if the gloves are off... Here was the trick. I was wearing two pairs of gloves the whole time, and I never told you. So now I've taken off the second pair of gloves. There may be a third when I hit 200. I don't know. You know, this is early. Who can see the future? Today's episode is about the difference between motivation and drive, or what I associate with those two words, and why, if you are a person like me, motivation did not work. You would go to one of those seminars, You would watch Rocky before you went running on January 1st. And by January 3rd, you were eating bonbons and watching not Rocky. So motivation is temporary. It has a spike. It has a crash. It's like caffeine or a drug or alcohol. It does not sustain you. I'm talking about drive as I see it. Drive is something that moves you even when you don't want to. But I don't want to spoil the episode for you. That's just a taste of what you're going to get in episode 101. So thank you for joining me on this adventure. That is the next 100 episodes. To those of you who have listened from the beginning, you are incredible. Like I've said before, those longtime listeners statistically are 90% more attractive than people who don't listen to this show. And that's just a fact. So congratulations on that. Please continue listening. And if you're a first-time listener... You know, I don't know what to tell you. Keep listening as well. I'm Jet Dunlap. This is Psychotherapy. Episode 101 starts right now. July 2020 is not significant and it's not special. It actually is the seventh month of one of the craziest years in the world, and will be known as that forever. Not that July, again, had any significance in the crazy year, but that this was the craziest year, and July was just one of those months. When I entered July of this year, I decided that I was going to make it significant. Which, if you're hearing this for the first time and you haven't heard me before, that's the only thing that matters. Things are significant by what we place on them. So, July is my birthday. Surprise, surprise. The 18th. And I was born in many years, in many places, in many fields of existence, over many galaxies and many universes. So, my age, although attempted to be ciphered by many scientists, has not been. So no one knows. But, I said, I'm going to make July something. So I came up with this idea I've never had before in my life. Why don't I put my goals in a frame 
and put it up on a place I see every day. I live in an RV, not a lot of room, nothing hanging on the walls because I'm laughing and you wouldn't get this. We have to level the place every week. That doesn't mean I take a bulldozer and destroy my house. That would be complete madness. We have four hydraulic leveling systems that will sag and get worn over a week. So I have to start the RV to keep the engine going, to keep the battery good. And then I also uh, will level the hydraulic jacks. So when you do that, if you had anything framed on the wall, everything would fall off. Even though we don't drive this often, as a matter of fact, the last time we drove it was in October when this area caught on fire, you still have to keep everything tacked down as if you are going to drive. So not a lot of frames on the wall. But I have this one frame picture. It was given to me right after my grandfather had passed on and it's a picture of both my grandfathers together, my father and my mother's grandfather. Nope, that'd be great-grandfather. My mother and my father's dad's. My dad's dad is a guy I didn't see very often, so this rare picture of both my grandfathers together is kind of special. I have it up on the dash. Sometimes it gets put in a drawer. Anyway, that's not what you're here for. I had to cannibalize that by putting in this number that I wanted to hit. It came to me quickly. I want to do 5,000 push-ups in a month and run 100 miles outside. I say outside. There's a reason for that. I'm in a competition with my brother Steven and my friend Rich. I guess I shouldn't call it a competition anymore because I won. I knew I was going to win at the beginning, so it wasn't even really a competition when it started, but they thought it was a competition. Rich, one day, I looked at his numbers because they came up on the competition board on my running app, and it said that he had run something like a seven-minute mile. Now, not to take anything away from Rich, he's a phenomenal athlete. He ran and swam and biked a half Ironman, so he's no joke. But he's not the runner I am. I can run a sub-eight if I really push myself. I don't know what I can do at a flat-out. For those of you runners, you're enjoying this. For everyone else, you don't care, so I'll move on. Anyway, I knew his run was a lie. Not only did I know it was a lie because the number was too low, but I also saw there was no map accompanying it. If you're running and using this app, your map shows up when you run. His didn't. So I said, wait a second, buddy. I felt like a detective who just stumbled onto a really amazing clue. I'm like, I don't think you're running outside, bro. I think you're cheating. And he said, no, man, I'm running on a treadmill. He admitted it this first time. He was doing it every time. But I said, well, that, uh, that doesn't really count. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a second. Am I just being too hard? Am I being stupid? Is this one of those old macho ideas that's just interfering with my life? Maybe I should be running on a treadmill. At this moment in time, the gyms are open for about two weeks in between being open for the first time since March and closing again in mid-July. So I thought maybe I should run on a treadmill. I asked my wife, who's much more sensible than me and hates running. I said, is running on a treadmill cheating? She said, absolutely not. Running on a treadmill is just as good as running outside. It's actually better for you. You don't have to worry about the environment, the smog, the sun. And I quickly thought about this. Hey, Jet, you're not a kid anymore. Maybe you should consider this. Your friend Rich, he's running on a treadmill. You like him. Gina says, hey, running on a treadmill is just as good as running on the streets. And she's an athlete. She's taught Pilates and uh, yoga forever. She was a professional ballerina. She knows what she's talking about. I heard both their input. And I said, absolutely, it is cheating. It's bouncing up and down on a little trampoline inside a room that's air-conditioned while you watch TV. That's not running. I'm digressing a little bit here, but here's the point. I beat them easily. I guess I shouldn't say easily. I beat them quickly. <laughs> and here's why that's important. I don't like dragging things out. If someone tells me to do something, I do it immediately. 
If I have a task, I do it that second. If I write something down, it's not even worth writing down. If I can do it that moment, I'll do it that moment. So I knew I didn't want to run 100 miles in July, the hottest month out of a very hot year in the San Fernando Valley with a lot of smog. So I said, I got to get this out of the way. So I ran 100 miles in 16 days, actually 105 miles. And I did 5,000 push-ups pretty close after that. What happened was I hadn't done anywhere near those 5,000 push-ups that I put on this little plaque that I had up on my dash. Here it was the 16th of the month. My birthday was coming up on the 18th and I had done the 100 miles. When I decided to finish the 100 miles, it was one night. It was kind of cold actually. Didn't have my shirt on. Had been running for about four miles. My Achilles tendons were hurting. My knee was hurting. It was cold. I didn't want to do this. And here's a little soundbite from that exact run. I'm very tired right now. The last thing I want to do is talk. But I realize that this is the 100s. And the 100s are going to take a lot more than the zeros. So it's the 16th. I promised myself at the beginning of the month I hit 100 miles by the end of the month. I'm going to hit it today, but it's not going to be easy. I didn't bring enough water, and I'm not wearing a shirt. It's about 63 degrees, even though it was a hot day. I'm cold. I don't have enough water. I was having a little sip every mile. But after mile seven, I realized I'm going to have to save my sips for a reward at mile nine. My knee is wrapped up. I'm in pain, but I can't stop. And I have to finish the 100 miles today because... Tomorrow I have to edit to get episode 100 out. Just want to let you know what it felt like in real time. No excuses. This is the 100s. I know that sounds stupid, but it's the way it is. It occurred to me at about mile 8 that I had to finish my push-ups before my birthday. Now remember, the goal was a month, so I had 31 days. But I said, nope, it has to be before the 18th. So on the day of the 17th, I was... 1,227 push-ups away from getting to my goal of 5,000, which would have made perfect sense if I finished it by the end of the month. This was a stretch goal. But I decided, no, I'm going to finish it now. So I put out my cameras in time-lapse. They had a horrible shot, even though I know how to do this. And I proceeded to do over 1,200 push-ups in an hour, 54 minutes to be exact. Very difficult, hurt my shoulders, (laughs) hurt my back. I was already exhausted from running over 105 miles for the month, but I did it anyway. I think I also did a little bit of a run that day, so I wouldn't lose my running. Then something strange happened, not for me, but for you to hear. That night, I was sitting around the house. Gino was thinking I was stupid. I already sent out that I had done this accomplishment. I had hit my 5,100 early on the 17th, and I thought 1,227 push-ups is a lame number to end on. I mean, you're really close to 1,300 push-ups. And you're never going to be able to do 1,300 push-ups again in one day, which I knew was a lie. I knew my next goal was going to be 5,000 push-ups in a day. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but it is obviously my next goal. So I thought, what would be cool is if you hit 1,300 push-ups. So I asked Gina, I said, would you love your husband more if he did 1,300 push-ups in one day? And she said, no, I'd love him less. And I said, well, I can deal with that. I know you love me so much that a little less, I can handle. I went out and did over 80 push-ups to bring me up to 1,300. 
Then it started nagging at me. <laughs> Sitting there watching TV, and I'm thinking, man, 1300 Well, that's really close to 1500 You know what I should do? I should go ahead and finish those extra 200 push-ups. So that's what I did. Ended the day at 1,501 push-ups, and by the time I had my birthday, I had accomplished all those little monthly goals quick. And here's the news that you need to understand. My previous birthdays had always been sad. I'd sit there and I'd think, another year ticked off, another unimpressive 365 days of stuff that I should have done but didn't. I set out at the beginning of this year, so the previous year, 365 days before, to accomplish things I've never accomplished in my life. One of them, do stand-up comedy. Stop telling people you could do stand-up comedy, or when they tell you you should do stand-up comedy, say, I don't like doing stand-up comedy because I want my jokes to just be heard for the people in front of me, and I don't want to bring that much joy to the world. That was a BS line I used to actually keep people from asking me again to do something I was scared of. That's why I wasn't doing it. I was scared. That was one of my goals. Do stand-up. I did it. I did it a bunch of times. My other goal, finish the screenplay. I finished two, started five. The other goal was do a podcast. And once I started doing the podcast, I said, the podcast won't really hit its stride until you hit 100 episodes. So I said, do 100 episodes in this year of your life. And during that same month, before my birthday, so before the 17th, I did 14 episodes and uploaded them all by my birthday so that I would have hit all those goals. So that's 100 podcasts, over 100 running miles outside, and 5,000 push-ups a month because I told myself to. And here is the point of that story. When people ask me, Jet, how are you so motivated? Jet, how do you do these things? I've come up with an answer, and it took me a long time. As a matter of fact, it took me 100 episodes to come up with this design that got me that plaque on my dash that said 5,000 push-ups, 100 miles outside, and 100 podcast episodes, which I didn't want to tell my audience or anyone because I didn't want them to know. For whatever reason, I just psychologically wanted to be able to do that myself. Here's what it is. Motivation will get you off the ground. You know, in the Apollo mission, or I guess also with this new Dragon mission that uh, Elon Musk has with SpaceX, that giant rocket booster that gets you out of the atmosphere, that is motivation. And once they get out of the atmosphere, they use the other boosters to navigate them in space, right? That is ejected, that massive amount of thrust. I think it's something on par with like over 80% of the thrust used in a rocket is to break the atmosphere. Then once you're out there, just, you know, like one of those liquid air canisters can move something the size of the space shuttle. So not much thrust needed in a zero gravity environment. Motivation is that solid rocket booster. That'll get you up. Here's the problem with motivation. I was talking to a good friend of mine who you're familiar with if you listen to the first hundred. If you haven't, his name is Chris Coy. He and I have gone through a lot of businesses together. We've known each other since we were kids. We were at a seminar out in Glendale, Arizona, which is the only reason you should ever go to Arizona or Glendale, Arizona, for that matter. That's kind of a lie, or for those longtime listeners, that's a lie. That's a lie because the Grand Canyon is pretty amazing, and I'm sure there's other beautiful places in Arizona. But if you're going to go there for... <laughs> I'm, I'm mocking my friends who live in Arizona. It doesn't matter why you go there. I don't like going there. We went to Glendale, Arizona for this seminar, and when we got out of the seminar at night, understand this is like 10 p.m. 
it was like 104 degrees without the sun. Do you understand how crazy that is? There was no sun, and it was still 104 degrees outside. Disgusting. Arizona. People are like, oh, it's cheap to live there. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason it's cheap to live there. Lizards die. Still better in Florida. This is not my point. We went in there, and all you hear all day long for 10 hours is motivational people. These people are paid to pump you up. Some of them are people who motivate the Lakers, motivate professional athletes, motivate actors, motivate corporate CEOs, right? They will get you flying. By the time you leave that seminar, you are floating to your car. And then once that 104 degree weather hits you, you're done. That's the point of the weather story, guys, is that that tiny bit of adversity that had nothing to do with the seminar we just went to will take it out of you. Just that change in atmosphere destroys what these very powerful people did. What keeps a person going after motivation is done? Why am I talking about this? I'm correcting the notion that people ask me, how are you motivated? Motivation can get you to sign up for a marathon. It's drive that gets you past 26.2 miles. You have to have something that's driving your engine. It's fuel. It's not a boost. Motivation will get you to make a New Year's resolution. Drive will have your New Year's resolution last you 10 years. Motivation, seeing a movie, being excited, talking to a friend, trying to keep up with the Joneses, could get you to sign up for your master's degree program or getting your GED or going back to school. Drive keeps you in. And I think it even goes further than that. Drive has to turn into a habit. And it'll bounce between habit and drive, habit and drive, habit and drive. And if you have to use motivation, you know how, but that is seldom used. What does this have to do with what I was talking about earlier? Do you think that every single day in those 16 days where I got up to that 100 miles, I was motivated? Do you think I was like jacked up and ready to go? I don't drink energy drinks anymore. I quit those over 60 days ago. No one told me that I had to do 100 miles in a month, and they certainly didn't tell me to do it in 16 days. No one told me to set up for 5,000 push-ups. No one told me to do 1,500 push-ups in one day. The reason I did that is because I'm driven. I'm in competition with myself. The only competition that matters to me is the prior version of me. I believe in my deepest fiber of my cells that this life is a challenge to prove to your higher self what you are capable of doing and how you are able to move a human to heights they have never reached before. That is drive. How did I get there? Well, there's been a lot of getting there's, right? There's been a lot of days where I wake up and I have to remind myself of what I do or why I do it. But it all started a long time ago when I looked at myself in the mirror after I'd been drinking, after I went to a bachelorette party from my cousin's friend down in Koreatown where we were singing karaoke. Didn't do anything crazy. Everyone loved me. We had a great time. There were some fun pictures. I looked at a picture of myself the next day, and I was disgusted. There's no particular reason. I wasn't kissing anyone. I didn't do anything silly. I didn't even drive. I got driven home because I was drinking. So I was very responsible. I just saw a guy who looked like a sloppy drunk in those pictures. Some people look at those pictures, and they have, and they say, wow, it looks like you are having a great time. Some people call that fun jet. A lot of those in my family miss that guy. He was more fun. He was more interesting. He was down to clown, as they never said, but I like saying. So what was it when I looked at that that made me get motivated to change? 
After that picture, I went into the bedroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I hated what I saw. I took off my shirt and I saw this guy who was reaching middle age with a dad bod, greasy, full face, that alcoholic kind of face, all puffy, looks like you were stung by a hundred bees. And I thought, this isn't me. The old version of me ran 27 miles at the highest altitude up in Mammoth for fun. I made that race. I medaled in the highest altitude half marathon, which was a trail run through silt. I came in third place. This guy used to be looked at and admired. People would be motivated by my existence. And he was a fat drunk singing karaoke late on a Wednesday. I'm not saying that anything in that is wrong. What I am saying is it was damn wrong for me. And because this is episode 101, I will tell you one thing. It was bad for me. And you already know if you're unhealthy, you're unhealthy. If you know you're a drunk, you know you're a drunk. I'm not here to spell these things out for you anymore because we're in the hundreds, baby. In the hundreds, I don't mess around. If you got problems, you know what they are. If you want to solve them, that sounds like it's going to be a Vanilla Ice song there, but it's not. I can help you. But you have to be real with yourself. And I was real with myself that day. Instead of deciding to drink myself into not noticing where I had gotten. And I want you to know something too. I had been nearly seven years sober. I was only drinking for under two years. And in those two tiny years, I was disgusted by myself by then. And I had been ignoring how quickly I had declined in my health, mentally and physically. So the motivation was, I saw my body. I saw who I was that night before in those pictures. And I said, this cannot go on. I must change. And it wasn't easy. You see, the motivation got me to put on the running clothes the next day. And man, was I muffin topping. I could have gone into a muffinery, which is what I assume those bakeries are that sell muffins, before 2020 when people could go places and see people. I had so much disgusting blob sticking out of my shirt that I sent a picture of it to my brother and my wife. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't fit into any of my shorts. Every time I ran, remember, this is a dude who used to be able to run 27 miles. I was crushing my ankles, crushing my knees. And it felt like, (laughs) I felt I looked like Homer Simpson did when he would run, where all this flab is just flying through the air in slow motion. So it was a really ugly sight. But I kept going because I was driven. The next day I hurt, but I kept going. Now, inside of that, there were days where I just knew I couldn't. But it's brought me to a person who's been sober for over a thousand days. A person who just experienced all those things I did this month. Now, normally in the old episodes, I would talk to you for a long time about that story. I talked to you about Weight Watchers. I talked to you about how I quit drinking. But that's not this episode. This is the difference between drive and motivation. Drive got me out of bed every morning. Drive got me to lace up those shoes. Drive got me to not grab that bottle of booze. So I'm going to leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. In the next episode, we'll get into a little more detail. I'm Jet Dunlap. This was Psychotherapy 101, and I'll talk to you next time.